Hello and welcome to Robust Discuss with Sean and Brian. This is a podcast where we politically discuss our society and the varied pathways we could take to improve it. We will dive deep into our morality, our government, and our lives with topic rangings from philosophical questions to U.S. politics and some current events. Today, we will be discussing the Supreme Court. But we are going to do this in a little interesting of a way and not focus too much on the obvious court rulings that recently happened and are making headlines. We are instead going to focus more on the general idea of there's an issue with the court and let's talk about fixing it. So how are you doing today, Brian? You having a good day, man? Yeah, not too bad. Just ready to... uh talk about this whole Supreme Court reformation that we've been talking about the last few days. Yeah, we've been discussing it for a bit, so I'm a little uh, I'm a little excited to see what we come up with. There's a lot of things we'll discuss today of like other people's ideas along with our own. And the episode probably won't be too long, again, because it's more just theorizing. We can't go too much into like actual things happening because obviously we can't make any of these happen. It's just theories of what we think we could do to to make the court a little bit better. I feel like let's let's start at the first one because I think this one this is the main one I actually disagree with. Um, I'm curious to hear your opinion because I don't think we've actually touched on this before. A lot of people talk about expanding the court. So for anybody unaware, um, the Supreme Court of the United States currently holds a rather dominant like 6-3 Republican majority. And many people due to what happened under President Obama and his nomination and then how Trump was able to get elected and nominate multiple people. Some some people feel very cheated by that and offered up a solution of Let's add more to the court to balance it better rather than this gigantic 6-3 Republican majority and then move forward from there with a more adequate court. On the first note, I want to say that I do disagree with the distribution of the court. I do actually personally disagree with some of the decisions that they made. I'm not going to, again, talk about the specifics of them, but I do generally disagree with some of the ones that they made. So I do, I would personally benefit and personally agree and align with the expansion of the court if they were all like democratically appointed judges. However, I feel that is a very slippery slope and a very weird position to be in and to support when the president gets to pick these justices. If we expand it by four people now, which is like the common conversation to bring it to a seven to six back and forth, that way it's like more dominant to Democrat, but also is closer to majority. Or even if let's say they do two or something to get it to six, five, whatever the case is, I think expanding the court sets a very bad precedent for future presidents and future Congress and legislations to continue to expand it. If it's that simple to expand it, why do you stop? Like my understanding is the last time we expanded the court was in like the 1800s. We haven't changed the number of justices in over a century. So why start now? I get it's in a bad spot, but I actually don't think we should. We should necessarily change it. I think nine is a good number. Yeah, actually, I think nine is a good number, too. I feel like changing it now would be, I can understand contextually why, but overall, you know, it could be viewed as more arbitrary or kind of something to um, turn the tides towards I'd say what one group would want versus another political affiliation, right? But I think really one could say maybe we should try to balance the court and also adjust 
different things. And we're going to talk about this in a little bit, but, you know, add term limits. And then again, talk about what the court can and can't do, who can decide on the court, stuff like that. Yeah. So let's actually just take that first one. So obviously, like, I feel like it's kind of simple. We, we did cover that. We kind of disagree with expanding the court. Overall, I, I really do think that sets a bad precedent. We don't need to continue to expand and expand and expand the court. Like, when do you stop? And then that, that just seems like a cheap way to automatically gain a majority. While I do actually disagree with what happened with under President Obama and his nomination, and that's actually going to be something we'll talk about here in one of our possible reforms. But while I do disagree and feel that that is a form of cheating the system, it is the system that was in place. So unfortunately, they did follow that system and... That's, I guess, our fault five in that system there. That's how I look at it. We should change the system, but I don't think we should just retroactively start pinpointing problems where the system was abused and then just like overriding things like that. I think it gets too far. So the first thing, the next thing that we want to talk about that I think we do both agree on, but we have some conversations on the exact number is term limits. I think it should be very simple that they should have term limits. I think the idea that somebody can sit there for life is just insane. No society, government, business, job, anything stays the same over a person's lifetime. And to expect or not expect them to grow and change with the society and the government is just, to me, I think a massive oversight. So I think it'd be a very simple thing is to implement term limits. Just think about how much the world has changed over the length of our lives. When we were four and five, respectively, you know, everything was analog. And now you have a world dominated by technology, new ideas, things that were acceptable yesterday aren't acceptable now. So you would have to have some sort of cycle that you would want to go through with our justices so they can keep up with the times. Yeah. So on the note of term limits, I do think they need to be long because I also then agree that they need to be almost so long that presidents don't get to see through the uh, a person's like a single person's nomination. What I mean is like it shouldn't become political because they're trying to get a nomination from the current president or something like that. Like it should be such a long term limit that it foresees any like the next president. So it's like it's not like you can think to like, oh, this spot's coming up. I need to come up now. Like I need to resign early because this person's vice president will be able to be still be president by the time my term is up. It's like, no, your term is going to be so long. You don't have to worry about what that president or vice president thinks because you, you get to do your job. And I would only make it one term. I would make it one single very long term. We've played with the number of like 20 or 25 years. I kind of like 20 or 25, either one. If there's any like economist or like a government personnel who could nail down why 20 or 25 would be better, I'm open to hearing it. But I think of it as like a full-time, as a job and a career, like 20 to 25 years, you get pension requirements and things like that. So that's what you would qualify for. And then you can retire from the Supreme Court. Never have to work again through the pension, but you can't work again in the Supreme Court. So it's not about getting reelected and things like that. And you're there longer than the president who elects you. So it's not like a political battle that keeps the court at least rotating. You rotate a couple justices through a single lifetime. And then that's besides all the ones who step down for personal reasons, go whatever. But you, you get that good rotating every couple of decades. I was personally thinking maybe 10 to 15, just again, for the fact that I believe, you know, the government and the Supreme Court should reflect who we are as we go forward. So, you know, society isn't the same as it was 
15 years ago, 10, 15 years ago, and even more so different 10 to 15 years ago from that. So that's kind of why I felt like, okay, a term limit of 10 to 15 years would work. Now, it's not like I entirely disagree with the 20 to 25 years. The point still kind of stays the same. Like there has to be some sort of limit and a rotation so that things don't get so stale, if you will. Yeah. So on the counter to kind of debate a bit about that, the reason I wouldn't do 10 or 15 is I don't think that's long enough to receive a pension. And I don't believe that Supreme Court justices should serve multiple terms because then I think that more it goes into more politicizing it and needing to be reelected. And then think about if it's a short term, let's say it's 10 years and you're on your ninth year, right? You know, you're going to be up for election or appointment next year. And the current president doesn't want this court case to go through. And so you think to yourself, hey, I'll get another 10 years if I just don't sign. Like if I don't agree to this case and I say no and shut it down, I know that that'll help the president and he'll want to pick me as the justice again next year. Like I'll get my reelection. Well, actually, I agree with you with not not reelecting reappointed. Yeah, I'm, I agree with single term. Okay, so yeah. So I actually think it's just a shorter term and that we have, again, it gives the opportunity for different people to be able to get into the Supreme Court and then considering how, as we progress in society, different types of people are more, I'd say, accepted in society, um, get more opportunities in society. So you can see different types of people getting into the Supreme Court because they don't have to wait so long for a spot to open up. And so, yeah, and I, I see what you're saying. And I actually agree with that. I, so I agree with everything you're saying. It's just the part that I counter is that I view it as something you work to. And then it's your like end of the end of your career. Well, it can be because you can also add like a, a certain age limit where it's still like, let's say, uh, similar to the presidency, you have to be, I don't know, let's say 45 to be eligible to be a Supreme Court justice. Now, that person is still young enough to be in touch with society. They don't have to wait. Why? So, so why did you go 45? Well, I'm just saying that as like a as an example, not necessarily that it has to be 45. Oh, okay. I'm just saying like there could be um, an age that you get to to be eligible. But that way, once you get there, you can still get your pension after your term is up. It's still going to be a long term of like 15 years, right? 10, 15, maybe even 20 years that you're serving this term. You know, presidents only serve eight-year terms and they get pensions. Well, that's eight if they, if they get reelected, but yeah. Exactly. Although a Supreme Court justice isn't the same as a president, they play a pretty important role. So, I mean, I'd say it's fine, too. So those two things of um, not getting uh, reelected and them receiving their pension like that's not something i disagree with no oh, yeah i see i guess like like i said it just comes down to the back and forth of the numbers i would want them probably a little longer they could be a little less uh, it's slightly arbitrary again you can you can study um all the justices that we've had over recorded history and see their impact oh yeah for sure how they've affected the social climate economy international affairs over time and see, hey, is there a drop off in their effectiveness? Is there any sort of point that once a justice receives, you know, is in for 20 years, does that change anything, you know, to see, OK, how long can this person be effective in the role? Going on to the next thing, since I think we can kind of overall just say, yep, term limits should be there and we can 
the specifics of them can be nailed out later, but there should be some kind of term limits. The next thing that I would say is I would change a little bit of the nomination process. So currently after the president nominates it and it goes through the Senate, the Senate just needs a simple majority to like not vote. Like the Senate, they just need that simple majority to not vote on the president's nomination. So it can allow, like it did with President Obama, that his nomination never saw the floor to be voted on because the Republicans didn't bring it to vote. They had the people to essentially to stall that and never bring it out. I would change that slightly to where you couldn't stall it. I would allow it to be almost essentially forced to a vote by the president and further make sure that that's a two-thirds vote to deny. So you would need a bipartisan vote of Democrats and Republicans that would have to deny a nomination from a president, not just like Republicans or Democrats being able to stall it like that. Right. And we were talking about it, you know, we were throwing different ideas. I know I was um, more interested in maybe attempting a general election, you know, where American citizens can have a say and vote on the Supreme Court. Now, the effectiveness of that really just like, is that a viable option? I don't know. But the point that you bring of having a two thirds vote where Congress has to agree that we have to at least vote on this yeah. nominee instead of just stonewalling them to uh, screw over a president. I, I agree with that. Yeah. Had it happened to President Bush or Trump, I would also think that's unfair. The same that it happened to Obama. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like the thing that I think is stupid is I believe it was Lindsey Graham, the one of the Republican senators who came forth to say that like the American people deserve a choice. The fact that Obama's term was ending so quickly, they said that the American people deserve a choice on who gets to appoint their Supreme Court justices. And therefore, we will not appoint any justices until the presidential election. I actually agree with that. I see the purpose of giving the American people, because just like you said, like some kind of election for Supreme Court justices, that makes it more political. I don't think it needs to get there. I don't think there need to be term limits. It should be reading resumes and like selecting people who are qualified for the job. And the idea is that I believe that it is should be the president because that's who we vote in. And it should be that we've chosen that person to run the country and they should be able to pick the people who are challenging the Constitution. Well, it could be a combination of both. I mean, I guess I just don't think. But Tesla, the president could nominate Supreme Court justices. I don't know how many justices typically are nominated during uh, presidents. It's only when there are vacancies. Which aren't that often really so you know every time that a vacancy opens the president can choose a candidate or multiple candidates the senate can approve and then it could be up for a general election i see the idea of having more elections and giving the people i just don't think it's practical and could work yeah well i mean that's fair yeah, there's so many issues with elections in, in general. And those are elections that are on a scheduled day every year continuously. Imagine what happens if there's just a random election in the middle of January that everybody has to attend when like, you know, like it's just it, it becomes even more difficult to say that, like, everybody has to get out because then the, the only way I think you could do that is if we changed how we do voting. That day would have to become a national holiday. You would have to guarantee people are paid for that day, like different things like that, like. What, what about the people who work in stores and can't get there that day? Like, it, it becomes difficult to just pick a random day that happens from the nomination of somebody leaving. 
I don't know. That's why, again, I think the bipartisan should be because that gives more people that we've elected into the uh, like into the House and Senate. It makes all of them have to say it, because right now, with just the simple majority being able to stall it, that's not what the people are saying that they wanted. Like the people whose presidents they elected was stopped from being able to select somebody because of that. And my problem is that like the example with Lindsey Graham of what he said with the like, give the American people the chance, let them pick their election. Then cool. I got that. You did that with Obama. But then those those, like nominations were pushed through with Trump when there was less time to the election um, with him versus Biden. So, oh, yeah, I mean, it is bias. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And there's bias on both sides, of course, because obviously, I mean, I would imagine if we had control of it, we would have stopped Trump. We as in like Democrats, because um, I guess I, I do lean more to that side. So if it was controlled that way, they would have done it too. So I get it. But that's why I think that should go away. And you shouldn't be able to do that either side. And you should have to vote on it. And then that's two thirds of vote. So it's representative of the actual people by what's been put in there. Yeah. I think honestly, the point of this episode is just vote more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a big thing, too. Because, I mean, for people who are like, uh, how can you fix the Supreme Court? Like, how how much are you voting? Are you voting in your local? Are you voting in your uh, your federal? Like, each each section has a pathway to that. When you really think about it, though, like, if we were more consistent voters, then we could more reliably vote on issues instead of voting on people who are going to vote on issues. But that's another issue for another day. I mean, yeah, maybe we could do a conversation about that. The one day do an episode about the conversation between uh, democracy versus a republic that we have. I do see the merits of going to more voting and things like that. But I think the problem becomes access. Yeah, it isn't viable to be voting that regularly, especially when we can barely vote for the president. Yeah. But, you know, it's kind of like a like you said at the beginning of this episode, Theoretically, if we could vote for Supreme Court justices, I'd say that probably be my preferred method of reforming the Supreme Court. Oh, yeah. Like if they could get a website that you could just log on to at any time of the day, enter in your like social security number, your whatever information you need to and then vote and you're ticked down as a vote, then cool. But I, I, there's so many complications with it and hacking oh, and different yeah. things. And like, who, who yeah, knows? Yeah, yeah. Who knows the legitimacy of it and blah 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 and like access to social security and like, who? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But so that's that's the idea that we tried to have for this episode, guys. Was just kind of talking about what we could do. And I, I feel like the most simple one that everybody should be able to agree on is term limits. I think it should be, they should be term limits. It shouldn't be for life. Nothing stays the same for life. We shouldn't expect the court to stay that same. And then furthermore, I don't think when we say term limits, it should be a single term limit. That's the next thing that we kind of both agreed on is single term limit. And it should be long enough for them to make their mark, do their thing, you know, reside on a few cases and things like that. And then we get to continue revolving and moving the court forward as we progress decade by decade and decade. Yep, long enough to impact change, but not too long to not evolve. Yeah. And a little bit about like what you guys could do about this. The unfortunate thing right now is our Supreme Court has passed some laws and not passed some laws, but has passed some judgments and passed some resignations on court cases that may have affected a lot of people. And that is the change that is happening in the country. And unfortunately, you can't just not abide by it. That is the top court in the land. And they give people the ability to reference it and assert their rights through that. So the best that I think we can do as 
citizens is continue to work to elect people into the House, into the Senate, who can push forth bills to reform this. I know there has been a few senators and few um, representatives who have put forth bills. I would then counter it to say that my I think my concern with most of them is almost all of them include expanding the court while Biden's president, because, of course, he's Democrat. They can pick more left leaning judges and, you know, flip the court back. It's like, yeah, that's a to me, a Band-Aid fix. You need to fix the problem of not being able to nominate and properly judge and appoint the judges. We need to get better people in there and change that pathway so that the the president has a more direct line to appointing justices and it doesn't have so much interference. Yeah. And I think that goes both ways because it's a double-edged sword. As much as I say I want Biden to not have any interference, as much as I hate what happened because I disagree with some of the decisions that they've made, I understand and respect that it was fully in Trump's capability and right as president to nominate those justices with those openings appearing. 100%. That was his right as president. He can do that, and he should have done that, and he did do that, and he picked people he wanted to pick. Great. I feel that that helped showcase the problem of the court and how it can be manipulated because it was manipulated completely legally. And so we need to fix that. And that's where these reforms should come in. So, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of our our episode. Is there any other final things you wanted to, to bring up here, Brian? I love government reform. And also go vote. Yeah, tear it off. Yes, vote and reform things. Vote so we can reform things. That's a big thing. Yeah, we, we really need to fix this. And like I said, we're, while we didn't touch on the specifics of each case and things like that, we do think that there needs to be some change. And in all honesty, I think we can both agree that it should be less of the Supreme Court making judgments on cases and more legislation and laws being passed. But that's also a conversation for another day. Yeah. But yeah, so if you guys are looking for more interaction, you can connect with us on Twitter at Robust Podcast. And we also have a Discord server where you can have more in-depth conversations with not only us, but fellow listeners. We try to debate with you guys and talk about our upcoming topics and get some insights from listeners. One of our good listeners, uh, Shane, in our Discord did even ask about expanding the court and how that process works. So I hope we were able to, to touch on some of those questions that you had. But yeah, for everybody else, though, thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. See you.